my name is Michael Bosey, and I'm glad that you're here. Welcome to my show, Marketing Without the Marketing. Now, I'm in the middle of a mini-series on next-level strategies for blogging, sort of a blogging 201, and this is a part of a larger 15-part series on Content Marketing 201. Now, the whole idea behind this is that, well, look, everyone's doing content marketing now. People get it, especially small businesses, that this is a way uh, to get out there, be in contact with folks, uh, and draw them in with good content that teaches them to do something or enlightens them, entertains them, whatever it is, something that brings them in, which is why we call it inbound marketing. But when everyone's doing it, it's really hard to stand out, right? So that's why we notice that some of the strategies uh, in building a website or blogging, email marketing, social media especially, they've started to lose some of their effect, Right? That's what happens when this becomes mainstream. So what we want to do is up our game with the 201 strategies, if you will, uh, these sort of next level strategies. And that's what this series is about. Now, in the last episode in this mini series, I was talking about building anticipation by writing in series, right? So that you get people on board, they want to learn and you take them one step at a time and they want to come back, right? So that makes a lot of sense. Today, what I want to talk about is extending that, because if you're writing in series format, now you can start to think one step ahead and think, what else can you build from the content that you're creating? So with a little planning up front, you can get more out of it than just blogging, if you will. Now, using this strategy writing in series and all this helps keep you on track, as I mentioned in the last episode, rather than publishing willy-nilly, right? You know exactly what to work on next. But also, it's a great exercise to get you thinking about a couple things. One, how to teach with your content so that it's nice and structured and sequenced. And two, how to take your potential customers on a journey or what I call a pathway. And this is using your blog or podcast or video series or whatever as a business instrument to achieve a business goal. And that right there is Content Marketing 201. But look, this is all a lot of work. Everything that we do in producing the content that we do for our customers or prospective customers, wouldn't it be great if we could get something else out of all this work that you put in? And Look, to me, this is not just a nice to have. It's a requirement of modern content strategy, and especially for small business owners like you and me. We have to do this, right? The, we are limited in resources. We can't throw money at the problem or throw extra time at the problem. We don't have as much of either of those than our larger competitors. Now, whether it's in my own content strategy or when I'm working with clients, I make it a rule that we will never publish one piece of content for one purpose only. All right, maybe not never, but close to never. I don't like to speak in absolutes if at all possible. But repurposing content, it's one of the most important facets of any content strategy. And really, that's because it just makes you more efficient. You're getting more than one use out of the same content 
and the same amount of effort or a little ancillary effort on top of that can all of a sudden get you uh, a lot more use out of that content. That's just a lot more efficient. But here's the thing about repurposing content. It works best when you start with intention. And this is why it goes hand in hand with the episode on building anticipation, uh, writing with the series. Okay, to start, there are two things to consider, format and planning, planning around that format, if you will. First, let's talk about format. Now, if you're doing a blog, can you convert the blog post that you create? Uh, can you use them in a different way? So, for instance, can you convert a blog series to a newsletter series so that you can now send it to your whole email list, not just publish it on your blog? Or can you convert a blog series to an automated lesson series for those in a particular segment of your list who opt in to a particular topic? They want to learn about something in particular. Can you use a blog series to teach them about that? Or can you convert a blog series into an ebook uh, or a real book for that matter? 300 pages, look, that's probably, you know, 100 plus blog posts. It's often a great starting point uh, using your blog to sort of start working on the first draft of a book. Or can you convert a blog series to an online course or scripts for a video series or a podcast series, right? Uh, or, you know, different content for different subsections of your audience. And that gets into marketing automation. And I'm going to cover that later in this series. All right. The context shift, though, is going to matter a lot going from blog to wherever else you're going. So you really do want to plan for this up front if you can, right? So for instance, how to present a blog post on paper is going to be very different from how you want to talk about it on video, right? And in a podcast, you're always going to have uh, an intro, an outro. You might do the same thing in, in, a, in a video as well. Now, you got to take these things into account up front so they're not too hard to sort of tack on at the end, because sometimes you'll find that when you hit record, well, the script isn't ready and it doesn't quite work. You start to read it. It's not quite there. And look, that's that's annoying when you're in production mode or creation mode and can be a time suck. And especially if you're working with a producer or you have other people involved with you on this, no one wants to sit there and wait while you're making edits to a script uh, on the fly while everyone's sort of waiting around. You don't want to get into that sort of situation if you can avoid it. And last thing about format is that it matters because, well, what can you produce? For instance, for me, I'm good with audio. So a blog and a podcast is what I go with because that's natural for me. It's, it's simple. It's easy for me, right? That may not be the case for you. I don't feel quite as comfortable with video, so I don't do that as much. And look, maybe for you, maybe you rule at video <laughs> and it comes very easy to you, you know, being in front of a camera or editing video or whatever. The whole point here is with format, stick to your strengths. Pick the things that are going to be simple for you that you know you can produce and it's not super heavy and a burden to do this because you don't want anything standing in between you and creating and producing your, your content. If it feels heavy, you're not going to do it. 
All right, let's move on to planning, right? Because once we know what formats we'll be working with, we want to do a lot of planning up front. Remember, we want to create these things with intent. So no pen to paper, figuratively, until we've mapped out a plan. Remember, we're teaching here, right? So this has to be properly sequenced. And you can get the most out of repurposing content with some real planning up front, right? Otherwise, it's two projects, right? You know, what we're trying to do here is consolidate them into one or one plus a little bit. Without planning, you may as well do them separately. So the planning part of it is really, really important. And here's my method. First of all, what's your goal? Is it educating your customers so that ultimately they want to do business with you or that they're prepared to do business with you? So great, let's do a super top level introductory series that achieves that. Or maybe it's, you know, downstream a little bit more. Maybe it's to onboard new customers to get them up to speed so they know what they need to know before working with you or actually diving in and using your product. Then once you sort of stated your goal, the next important question is what's their goal? Right? You want to focus on a particular problem that they have and that you can teach. It's really that simple. That overlap point is key. They have a problem and it's uh, that problem or at least a part of that problem is something that you can solve for them. Right. This is why it's beneficial to make this topic pretty narrow so that you can stay focused and deliver a lot of value to your audience who wants to know this. Right. Next step, structure it. You're the expert here. You're the one with experience in this topic. So what are the basics? Go step by step. Make it easy to digest. Small bites. One lesson at a time and make it really orthogonal. Right. Each topic really contained super tight. Remember, you're teaching this, so help guide them. That's how you're going to build trust with them. And because it's teaching, as I mentioned before, the sequence here is really, really critical. So if they are total beginners, you got to make sure that you're covering the basics in very simple language, no jargon, right? They're new to the topic. And you got to take that into account. Or if they're more advanced, it's okay to use the language in the vernacular of your sector, right? You're showing that you know what you're talking about, that you can relate to them, that you, you already have a base knowledge of this. Remember, they're starting from zero trust in you. A good way to build trust is to use the same language that they do, right? Okay. After all this is done and you've done some of this planning up front, now you can start writing. And for me, my method is I build my outline of topics and then I start filling it in. Create, create, create. Just stay in creation mode, right? You can edit it later. You put all the pieces where they go, get everything quote unquote on paper or, well, I use a, a tool called Scrivener, which is an amazing tool for writers. And then you can shift to the editing process, start to build out sections and the stuff around the edges. And look, this process may not work for you. It's just the thing that I do. And hopefully this maybe gives you a model for this. But if, if you like to write and edit at the same time, fine. If that works for you and that helps you generate content, great, that's fine. But for me, this sort of create first and then edit second or keeping those processes separate is helpful. Um, and then, you know, when I get to the editing process, 
you know, sometimes the stuff that I've written starts to shape the way that I think of it, and it may actually make the table of contents or the topic list bend a little bit. And now I can sort of attend to the stuff around the edges, if you will, right? So for instance, if it's a podcast series, do I need an episode to introduce the series? Do I need an intro and outro for each episode? Probably. Or keep it in line like I did with the very beginning of this episode where I talked about how it's a part of a series, right? Very, very simple. Now, I might put that right in the document itself, but mark it in blue so that I know it won't be included in the blog version of this episode or if uh, or in the online course version, if I'm going to use uh, a podcast episode, for instance, the script or the outline, if I'm going to use that as a lesson in an uh, online course. Again, you know, this is a method I use, but you can come up with your own so that you understand uh, what goes where and what pieces are included across these different uh, contexts and the different formats. It's also at this point that I might start collecting up links to put in the show notes or in the blog post itself, right? I'm in editing mode and starting to think of what is going to be the best way to present this. What are things that I can do to extend this post to be helpful to folks? And that might be links to other articles or episodes I've done or external ones, of course, too. But whatever content you pick, you know, it's going to have different considerations, but for me, it all works best if you handle this while you're in the thick of it, right? You're editing, your mind is focused all in on the topic at hand. So I like to do this all up front because I don't want to have to sort of get back in the writing mode or the editing mode. I try to get all this stuff uh, done and uh, all at once and then return to it when it's time to publish and I can do the polishing. That's what works for me. And... You may work differently, but, you know, I thought that this excursion into my methods would help you as you plan out your own content strategy. All right, so that's the top-level view of repurposing content, a mandatory strategy in my view. But if you want more detail on the actual methods that I use, I have an entire lesson series devoted to this. I left links in the show notes for you. Uh, if you're fired up and you want to jump right into it, we talk about different formats, different contexts. I have a whole lesson on my upstream method and a whole lesson on my downstream method and repurposing content to create an online course in particular. So these focused lessons on that. And again, links in the show notes if you want to pursue this further. Okay, so I hope this is all helpful. And I think that this will conclude the Blogging 201 mini-series, at least for now. Though, of course, there are many other things that I could talk about. But the next mini-series will be Email Strategy 201. Because email is where the magic happens. This is how we sell on the web, plain and simple. Yes, we need a website. We need an online store set up to carry the transaction. Yes, we need to run a blog. Yes, we need to do our social media. But email is how we build enough trust to work towards a transaction. And I look forward to getting into that with you in the next segment of this series, Content Marketing 201. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.